Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Atke. Today, we have Anthony Weiler with us as a co-host. Really excited to have Anthony here. He's got great experience, some great input on this topic. And what we are talking about today is maximizing your profit on a land deal. And when I say this, and what we're going to go over today, Anthony, is a couple of different things. Not just like holding out for the best offer, but also doing projects things, like really trying to get the best ROI in terms of buy price, sell price minus buy price. But um, th there's other things to talk about when you're talking about maximizing your profit. Like, is it worth it waiting six more months for five more thousand dollars on a deal? Um, and that's what I really want to get into. But what are your thoughts on that kind of topic as a whole? I think it's really important, and we're actually getting a big, I feel like a big want in the community because there's a lot of people that come from info lots. It's like, oh, my typical deal is like two to $4,000. This, yep. like, it just doesn't make sense. I'm wasting so much time, and I can go after bigger deals. So I'm really excited to get into this topic. I've had a lot of conversations with people in the community, and I think people can get a lot of benefit from it. Yeah, and a lot of people, like you said, um, like it is like when you look at it on the front end, we're talking about time to put into a deal. Like a lot of it, a $100,000 deal is the same as a $5,000 deal. But when we're talking about like you bought a property for $50,000 and you think you can sell it for by tomorrow for $90,000, but you can sell it in the next six months for $100,000. Like what does that look like in terms of like decision making? Like does it make sense ever to hold out six months for another $10,000 or something like that? For for me personally, I don't think so. And I tell other people in the community, like it it doesn't make sense because it's a $10,000 difference. Imagine if you got that $90,000 quick and you could just redeploy that and you can get multiple deals. But if you're waiting not for six months, you're wasting time in terms of, I mean, you're just not, unless you're continuously marketing. But for me, that just doesn't make sense. I want that money back quickly. I don't want to deploy as much resources into it. Because again, it's a $10,000 difference. And you can use that money into more marketing. It just makes more sense to me. Yeah, and a lot of people, I think, when they're getting into their first entrepreneurship venture, like they struggle with the idea of cash flow and how mm -hmm. important cash flow is. Yeah. Because in this business in particular, or really any business, not just this business, but this business is a higher ticket in terms of, flipping a $100,000 piece of land or selling a $100,000 piece of land. So, I mean, I think understanding that, like, what can you do with that $90,000 yeah. tomorrow or in two weeks when it closes versus holding out for market value? And the thing about this business is nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. Like, even though you think market value is $100,000 and you want to wait out and you have it posted for 100 and you think you deserve that, like, you could shoot that person $100,000. Mm -hmm. But if they say no and, like, you can get them up to 92 or 93, it's a good offer, stuff like that, like, I don't know. It just the cash flow and the ability for what that money can do is uh, extreme. So in, in terms of cash flow, I think that's really important because people get emotionally tied to deals. Yeah. And it, for me, it just it doesn't make any sense because, like you said, you could redeploy that um, into marketing dollars and you have to really understand what is your time actually worth. And people, they want to maximize their profits. I totally get that. And I encourage people like, hey, you know, especially on their first few deals, they want to fund it themselves or they want to squeeze out as much money mm -hmm. as they can. And that's when people get in tricky situations. You have it on the market for a little bit longer because you think you can make more. But people that see that, it's like, hey, it's been on the market for a while. I'm going to shoot you a lower offer because yep. you're probably desperate. Or if you fund the first few, few deals yourself, I mean, I can tell you numerous conversations I've had with members that are like, hey, I funded deals myself, but unfortunately sitting on the market a little bit longer than I wanted to. And now you don't have that money to redeploy into um, your marketing. So 
I think that that's where it gets really important and you're wasting all of that time on disposition when you could still have some in disposition, but as you're building that acquisition pipeline is so, so important. Um, so yeah, th- those are things that I, I definitely have been seeing lately. And if you just look at it from like an ROI perspective, not an ROI perspective with time in terms of that, like if you're saying you can sell it in two weeks for a $40,000 profit, let's just keep this $50,000 deal uh, that we've been talking about versus selling for six months, like your ROI on that two weeks, 30 days that property was out is way better buying for sell for 50 and selling for 90,000 versus buying for 50, selling for $100,000 in six months. It's not even close, honestly. Real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this, so the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families, and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. But let's kind of get into Anthony project-based things because these are more like front-end decisions. Yeah. You have a property that you could subdivide. You have a property that you could maybe put a driveway. You could clear some land. And there is a lot of opportunity in making money on those. And let's say, I don't know, you're buying a $100,000 piece of land. You can sell it for $200,000. Or you can do a six, 12-month project and you can sell it for three months. $300,000 like that is a lot more enticing yeah. to me than the first situation where we're talking about holding out for asking price, holding out for a little more money when you're selling it. But the opportunity to do projects in land, I think it's a future of land for one. Yes. And just like the opportunity to make more money by slight, slight improvements. Subdividing mm-hmm. is minor subdivisions is the number one thing for just crazy, crazy profits, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And this is where it gets really fun too, because we're seeing people in the community and we've, we've been encouraging this as well too, to go after these bigger deals, but um, they're, they're the funnest to partner with. You can really get creative and people, I mean, you're, you're holding your money out, but if the numbers that you just gave, I mean, that's a great return on investment and you can still keep the lifeline of your business, of your simple, like buy for 30, uh, sell for like 65, 70, like mm-hmm. keep that cash flow coming why you go after these bigger deals. And I think people have the misconception of how complicated or how difficult it can be, but it really isn't that difficult as long as you do your due diligence and the numbers check out. But that's that's where things get very fun. And that's where we see people really start to scale their business and get excited. And the nice thing about like subdivision stuff like that is you, you're you going to be making some money along the way. It's not a 12-month thing. It might take 12 months for you to sell. Like let's say you break up 100 acres into 10 10-acre parcels, for example. Um, it might take a year to sell all 10 of those parcels, but throughout that year, like you're going to be getting money back. Like you're going to be selling that 10 acre parcel for 50,000, that next 10 acre parcel, 45,000, whatever the case is. It's not like it's a lump sum of you Mm -hmm. selling that for $300,000. So the ROI really does change with things like subdivisions because it's not like you're waiting 12 months to get all your money back versus maybe if you put an improvement, you put a mobile home on land, a different type of improvement, that's going to be, it's going to be selling as one versus subdivision. Like you can slowly sell those off and maybe have a hundred percent of your money back within six months. Yeah. Not only that, there's people in the community too, that it's like, Oh, maybe I should fund this myself or how do we even get funding for this? It's, I mean, there's plenty of the, plenty of people yeah. in the community, including us, like, please, you know, we'd love to take a look at those deals. We'd love partnering with people on deals like that. Um, but yeah, you get your, you don't have to put all of your marketing capital into that. You can partner with somebody, someone that has experience 
and then you can get that under your belt and then you just keep scaling from there. But yeah, little value adds like that and just finding out what those zoning regulations are. Again, not that complicated, yeah. especially if, if you are unsure, definitely partner with people that know what they're doing. But I mean, you can even do like a preliminary plot map. I mean, we've done that on a handful of subdivisions, yeah. have it mapped out. It doesn't even have to be recorded yet until you get one under contract. I mean, it's it's a very smooth process and the returns are great. It's not hard. Like we're not geniuses the way with the, <laughs> what we're doing with this yeah. in terms of minor subdivisions in rural America. Uh, it's not a difficult thing to make a couple hundred thousand dollars on a deal. Nope. Uh, sometimes I see with s- not just subdivisions, but other improvements too. people try to force deals and then their margins get yeah. too tight. And that's when I see people kind of get in trouble, I think, or mm-hmm. they can't get funding for a deal. It's like they're trying to buy for $50,000. Uh, it might be worth $60,000. They can break it up and sell it for $85,000. Like doing, if you're not doubling your money on a subdivision to get out, like it's not, yeah. you're you're doing too much work for not enough money in my opinion. So, I mean, I think, is that what you kind of see with people forcing improvements a little bit? Yeah, and that's that goes into just being more emotionally tied to deals too because for me, subdivi- subdivisions are very exciting, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many options that you could do, but once you start running the numbers, like, oh, actually if I split it up, this way or the county got back to me and I can't subdivide lower than like 10 acres, right? That's going to change your margins. But like, shoot, I really want to salvage this deal. This is amazing. What can I do with it? And then they try to squeeze and squeeze. It's harder to get funding. You're keeping the seller on board. And then if you try to force it, I mean, it's just going to be difficult. You don't want to build a bad relationship with a funder. You don't want to have your money sitting out for a long period of time. And that's when people can really get bit, um, like bit in the ass in terms of just not evaluating things properly. So really and i tell people this all the time try to you know step back look at it from someone else's perspective and don't be so emotionally tied to it because you will try to force it and you'll be put in a bad situation yeah it's just it's a common thing for people who get calls back from interested sellers and like just try to force every single deal and it's not the way like sometimes the best thing you can do is negotiate with that seller and try to get them down to a price where the deal makes sense Mm -hmm. opposed to really forcing because that's where i've seen it in the past um, we've made the mistake of forcing some deals, not necessarily subdivision deals, because I'm pretty careful with those in terms of numbers. And I understand the number, the amount of work we need to put in to sell six, seven, eight, ten 10 properties, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that that's where you can get yourself in a little bit of a pickle is if you are not evaluating the deal, you're being biased with your underwriting, everything like that. So always getting second sets of eyes, I think yeah. is important and it can, eliminate some of those uh errors i think and losing not necessarily losing money but just working for too low of a margin yeah and dan actually mentions this uh, a few times and he says you know you have to put on different hats especially if it's just you in the business yep. like if you're acquiring land like okay first or trying to get something under contract put on your sales hat yep. do what you need to do if you need to negotiate you know get it under contract but then once it's under contract okay let me put on my um, um my um like let's say um, transaction coordinator hat, for example, yeah. right? What does it look like in title? Is there anything that should I actually buy this deal? Is it actually worth it? Is anything yeah. showing up in due diligence, right? So you have to wear multiple hats and you kind of, again, step back and really evaluate things. Because if you're just a one-man shop, it's so easy to be. And again, I mean, I flip land. And when I first started, I would try to squeeze whatever I could. It's very exciting, especially if you need the money. But again, you can really get bit if you don't properly evaluate things and put your emotions aside. Yeah, you start getting biased towards your deals because you're the one that talked to the seller and you heard the seller's story about it and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like you need to come put on or get third parties, like bring it to our uh, deal reviews, everything like that. 
you need to get an unbiased, it can be you, like you can be the unbiased person, but it is legitimately like putting on a different hat, putting on a mm -hmm. different position. Like for me, uh, for when we have salespeople, it's the salesperson has a number that they're trying to get it at. The salesperson is not going to sell me on what we should buy the property at. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that determination separate from them. If I think we need to negotiate, I'm going to send it back. We need to get it down to X dollars for yeah. X reason. And you can do both of those positions, but obviously emotions get tied into it yeah. and it's a lot easier said than done. Like that's multiple personality disorder or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And again, the biggest thing is just run the numbers. Cause if you're doing a subdivision deal and it's like, well, this could sit from anywhere from six months to a year, maybe even longer. And if you're only getting like 20,000 out of that, it's yeah. like, is that really worth your time? You have to, and this is where you kind of have to do self-evaluation. What is your time actually worth? If you had to put a number on it and go after that number, like really, really strategize in terms of, cause Ultimately, we want people to reach financial freedom. And part of that, though, too, is like getting your time back mm -hmm. is really important. So if you're spending all this time and you're getting $20,000 worth, again, you know, ax it, move on to the next one. More opportunities will come. Learn about subdivision regulations, partnering with the county and what that process looks like. And at the end of the day, even though you didn't end up with the deal, you have that knowledge and you're ready to go after the next one. Yeah, for sure. And it's really everything in your business, guys. So first off, we talked about kind of recap a little bit. We talked about basically holding out for a higher price. Like, is it worth it? Sometimes maybe if they are really lowballing you, but if you have a good offer at 90% of what you're asking, 95% of what you're asking, take the offer, unless you have multiple offers or something like that, and you can kind of put them up against each other. You need, this is a cash flow business. And then secondly is the project-based thing. I, I love projects. I love, love, love projects for a future of this business. I think there's so much opportunity in big land, big land deals, doing different things like that. Uh, and you can, it is worth it for sure to be attacking those longer, longer deals that are project-based to make an extra fifty, hundred thousand $100,000. And those are the real numbers that can happen. But other than that, Anthony, you have anything else to add? No, I, I think it was a great episode. I think just really focusing on what your time is actually worth if yeah. you had to put a dollar to it and just go after that goal and just analyze deals, put on different hats and do your thing. But don't overthink it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. If you guys have not already, please hit that subscribe button below if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please share this with a friend. Leave us a review. Everything like that is so, so helpful. And we really, really appreciate it. Other than that, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps our business grow, and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining, and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, guys.